Hello, and welcome to another episode of City on a Hill, a podcast about what it means to be a citizen of heaven and a citizen of the United States. We want to encourage Christians to find their tribe in the church and their hope in the kingdom of God, rather than to seek both in the kingdom of man. So with that, let's get to it today. Well, hello, I'm Eric Eastep. And I'm Scott Wrigley. And this is the City on the Hill podcast. Welcome back. Um, Some stuff's been going on lately. We started this podcast in the middle of a pandemic, and just last week, the mask mandate went away. Bum, bum, bum. I don't know how many out-of-state listeners we have, but I wonder how many of them just went, what, (laughs) just now? (laughs) What mask mandate? But but they did did just go away. which I'm very grateful for, and I'm sure you are too, Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I don't know, it wasn't quite as dramatic as I, as I thought it would be. It seemed a little bit like a non-event, yeah. which I'm thankful for. And it, and it was also coupled, rightly so, with cases were going down quickly and hospital, hospitalizations were going down very quickly. Um, they're very small at this point, and things are kind of opening up. Um, but this stuff is still on our minds, uh, just ha- how to think about government, how to think about how we respond. Um, and yeah, that this has been one of the, probably the most contentious pieces, uh, mass in general. Now it's kind of, it's behind us, and I, I, I say hopefully for good, um, but it's still worth kind of pondering. Well, and we did, we started this podcast trying to think through, okay, how does the church relate to the government? Mm-hmm. And certainly this mass mandate that just disappeared last week was one way that churches interacted with the government in a variety of ways Right. that were, um, you know, that were challenging really to anybody in all fronts. I mean, it just was a hard thing. And so, yeah, we're, um, we're just going to do a little sort of review on that and what... Let's go back, jump into mask mandates again. That was so fun. I I miss it. it. I miss it. Oh, please don't turn the podcast off because of that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, so um, I will say that uh, I I was in uh, kind of a conference recently and um, was one of the only ones wearing a mask. Now, this was before the mandate went up, and... Um, I, I think probably I would have had a bad attitude about that at some point. Mm. Uh, I, I don't think that I would have had a bad attitude. I was tempted to have a bad attitude nonetheless, even this time, but it just has been such a hard couple of years that, um, it caused me to reflect rather than get upset, I think. Mm. And so, uh, but I did look at a room full of people and wonder uh, what would cause uh, or how do people arrive at the decision to say, this doesn't apply to me. Mm. And that's the, that's the question that um, I was struck with sitting there looking around. How does this not apply to a group of Christians? And, um, you know, or possibly to ask the question a different way. I mean, what's the rationale behind feeling exempt mm. from the law of the land? Now, churches did this in a number of different ways, and um, <clears throat> this was 
you know, it's been hurtful on every front, and I don't mean to bring up trouble again, but I, I really would like to ask the question more on principle than on practice. I mean, that's kind of why I thought, well, let's talk right. about it after it's over, because right. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, fuss at anybody about it, and I don't, nobody, there's nothing to change now. Nobody's going right. to change their minds or their behaviors because of this conversation, which is great, but I do want us to become, you know, more principled, I think, and I think yeah. that's the thing is what, what are the principles that I operate on and how am I thinking about how to relate uh, Jesus really to mm-hmm. this and my following of Jesus to this, um, to the government and to their expectations of me. And I, I mean, there are a lot of laws that I don't like. Maybe, maybe you're different. Maybe you like all of the laws that you know of, Eric. Nice. Eric's one Negative. of those guys. Eric's one of those guys. He's just easy to easy to get. If, along if with. I liked all the laws, I probably wouldn't be trying to become one of the ones that writes the laws. Let's. <laughs> That's probably fair. Okay. Well, I'll I'll concede that. Um, but if you think about laws that we you know that we don't like that I don't like, I'll say for instance, speeding. Um, I mean, speeding is one of those that. Uh, Just to be clear, you you like speeding. It's not that you don't like speeding. I like speeding. It's okay. the law against speeding right. that kind of uh, sits uncomfortably with me sometimes. And so, uh, you know, what would make me exempt from that law or make me think that I don't have to be the guy who follows the speed limit? That, I think, is the, that's the kind of question we're thinking of. I mean, you and I were talking about some others, and, um, you know, I... Uh, we raise chickens. Mm. We can only have five chickens in the city. Mm-hmm. Five chickens doesn't keep up with our family in the wintertime. If we had 10 chickens, we'd probably be all set. We could have even a little bit of a, I don't know, we could have a little bit of a farm and, you know, make some uh, extra cash on the side if we could get 10 chickens. But we can only have five, and I don't like that. Because the law says you can only have five. The law says I can only have five, and, I, and it's as big a mess to have five as it is to have ten. So I don't like that. What would make me exempt? Mm-hmm. And see, that's what I'm thinking about is how do I process these things mm-hmm. such that um, I am, am somehow not going to abide by these rules? Well, I like that obviously it's helpful to talk about things that are principled way. Because, listener, you will come up against something that you don't like, some law, some rule, some whatever, and if you don't set up principles for yourself, you're going to just respond reactively if you like it or not. I'm, I'm going to decide to do this because I, I like it, or I'm going to decide not to do this because I don't like it. Um, and that, that may get you crosswise with, with Scripture, with how to do things well, um, all the things we've talked about a hundred times on this podcast. Well, if we're trying to get the church to be the church and to and to represent Jesus, I, I, we're going to have to do that in a thoughtful way. We can't uh, just do it um, at different ways right. at different times, however we feel like. Right. So, because sometimes I feel different on Wednesday than I did on Tuesday. <laughs> Fair enough. That depends on how much sleep I get. Right. Exactly. Um, All the laws are terrible <laughs> after a bad night's sleep. Yeah. So I was thinking about, okay, what would make me think that I, or how could I rationalize not following a law? And again, speeding in some respect is my, is my thing. 
So the first reason has to do with speeding, probably. And that is it will not be enforced anyway. Okay, certainly the mask mandate, that was, that was some of the way people approached the mask mandate. Mm. But uh, speeding's not going to be enforced. I mean, I, I, my very first ticket, true confessions here, my very first ticket, uh, ticket the police officer, uh, as he was writing it out for me, granted it was in Montana, it was only $5, and you pay cash to the guy right on the spot. But he, huh. yeah, that was pretty, that was a good way to that's get a, a ticket. Idea. If you're going to get a ticket, that was a good way to get it. But he, he, he looks at me and says, you know, you know, we won't, we won't pull anybody over. I shouldn't say this, should I publicly? What if, this is like a secret. Anyway. <laughs> I think it's been a while. <laughs> I won't pull anybody over. I won't pull anybody over uh, if they're six miles uh, per hour over the speed limit. It's after that that you're going too fast and we begin to pull people over. So the speed limit wasn't then 55, it was 61, mm-hmm. and because that's what they'll enforce. And so I have this little, you know, conversation in my head every time I get in the, in the truck. It's like, okay, how fast can we go? 55, 61, yeah, maybe. And that's, that, that's... I had a teacher in college that said real. 10% is fine. You always, it's always t- so it's 55, you're about 61. Yep. But if it was 35, then, oh, you're in the... Which is probably about right. So, <laughs> anyway, so we're ta- we're telling you um, <laughs> how to how to avoid being stopped for speeding, but the reality <laughs> is we're telling you actually how we rationalize this decision to pay attention to the speed limit or not, and that's uh, that's a very real thing, and it was mm. was a real thing uh, for uh, many, I think, in when there was a mass mandate. Um, I think others would. Uh, Can I just point out that, yep. that that reasoning pits up against um, pits itself against integrity? Like one of, one of the kind of fun definitions of integrity is you're the same person in secret that you are in public. And if it's just no one's going to enforce this, no one's going to find me, no one's going to do anything. That's that's saying I don't care about integrity. I don't care about making sure I'm the same person all the time. Wow, you're. It just can't. That's not. That. You're like making me feel guilty here, Eric. I'm just. I'm, I'm. First of all, I'm doing true confessions anyway, and then you're coming at me with integrity. But uh, sorry, I wasn't talking directly to. I was just talking to the you principal were straight away. You're right across the That's table true. from me. It's you are talking to me. I'm sorry. That's okay. I, in some respect, I am. And the subscribers get to get the extra bonus content. I'm admitting. <laughs> I'm admitting that that's an issue for me. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, I think you're right to call me on it. Uh, the other thing, <laughs> the other thing that uh, I think, as far as rationalization goes, is I'm not going to follow the law. I'm going to follow common sense mm. because the law doesn't seem to be common sense. And there are some speed. In fact, so more speeding stories from <laughs> from Scott. Uh, I I grew up in Montana, and not only initially did I have to pay five dollars straight out to the police officer when I got my first ticket. But uh, also, I, um, they, they went for a while that there was no speed limit in Montana. There was only reasonable and prudent. Mm. And then that didn't last very long because my definition of reasonable and prudent and well, let's say a police officer's definition of reasonable and prudent are not exactly the same. 
and some people didn't have cars or trucks that could go faster than reasonable and prudent, and they would push it as hard as they could. And other people, yeah, weren't reasonable and prudent. So the, the whole common sense thing is, yeah, with speeding, that's the case. And I think that was really the case, too, with mm. uh, a mask mandate, is people just said, it doesn't, this doesn't make any sense. You know, the rule initially, I remember, was you have to have a face covering when you're up front, even, you know, mm. talking at church. And, right. And uh, that was awkward for me and people, oh, yeah. awkward for everybody had to listen to me, I'm sure. And it was what it was. And it didn't make a ton of sense, but it uh, was the it was the way the law was applied at the time. And so some people just said, well, I'm going to do common sense. I'm not going to do the law. Mm. I think uh, there was a fair number of people who said, you know, I'd just rather take my chances. Rather take my, this is like the third uh, rationalizations, I'd rather take my chances with uh, catching the virus and not wearing a mask than wearing it and maybe not catching it or something. Or speeding. Or, and, the you know, the same thing applies. That's kind of why I'm going speeding down. Right. All of this is like, ah, yeah, the same thing applies. And so that, that I think, was another. And, and really when, especially information on the virus was all over the place at first, you know, especially when everybody was having to make decisions, that was really hard. <clears throat> And so people were, yeah, going to take their chances instead. That was one thing. Uh, I think another uh, thing is that uh, the maybe the fourth rationalization is that other people like me aren't doing it, so I don't need to do it, or mm -hmm. I won't do it. And, um, you know, I didn't think too much of this until uh, I was at this place and somebody walked in, just started scrounging for a mask and there there weren't very many people wearing masks but this person started scrounging and said oh 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 i didn't i didn't think people would be wearing masks here uh i i'm off at a place where there's just a bunch of rednecks and we don't wear them and i guess i'm one of them so i don't wear them mm. either mm. and i just thought that was really interesting that it was this it was a admission that people like me do things like this and I'm not, uh, you know, my kind of people, my tribe doesn't right. do this. And I think the whole tribal piece of it is worth mentioning because that was how a lot of it was, is that you make a statement about what tribe you're in, even with something as simple as a mask. Right. That was particularly fascinating that it became an identity marker. And there were all these assumptions uh, if, if wearer has mask, you can assume A, B, C, D, E, F, G about them mm -hmm. and vice versa. If they're not wearing a mask, then A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And people would, um, people would make sure to do whichever thing puts them in the right bucket so that people, under, people are identifying them appropriately. And I just thought that was just a fascinating. Well, well it, just, it points to the, the real struggle. Mm. I think the real struggle wasn't just with the piece of cloth over my face. That was uncomfortable enough for everyone. But the real struggle is, you know, answering the question, who am I and what am I about here? And I think that's, again, why we're bringing this up, because we want to really encourage the church to be the church and to really recognize that my tribe is there, not right. with one side or the other, and my markers are not going to, I'm not going to try and identify outside of, the Church of Jesus Christ necessarily. So that's um, that's one of the things that I think is is interesting. And I did hear somebody say that very thing just uh, a little while ago. So 
there's another reason, reason number five or rationalization number five, you might say, is that everyone should be free to choose and be responsible for their own health. Now, I, th- I think there is a lot of truth in this, and that's a reason that we heard really from the beginning mm. uh, all the way to the end. Everyone should be free to choose and responsible for their own health. And uh, that that's a really hard one to even talk about because who's going to say that freedom is bad? Not liberals. <laughs> the reality is, yes. See previous episode. <laughs> The reality is, and that, that's, why we're, that's why I want to bring it up, again, to, to flag for us that our decision-making process is informed by liberalism mm. as much, well, I'm going to be generous here, as much or more than it is by the Bible. And I'm going to say it's, that, that's, that's a soft way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Most of us made these decisions as liberals, mm-hmm. really. And now you thought, well, my tribe is a conservative tribe, uh, but right. you made that decision liberally, yes. As by again, by liberal we mean uh, the, the the individual is primary, right. and individual freedom is the most important thing. And I think that that is that's something that in you know sort of entire groups did this individual thing together, which is when you mm. think about it, it's kind of interesting. But they did, and they're known for, yeah, we, we're just going to do our own thing. And uh, I just want, uh, I want the, the church to recognize that primarily we are uh, a community of faith. Secondarily, we're individuals of faith. Mm. And I think we have to really you know, recognize the tension that's there and that we are... First and foremost, representing Jesus. Second of all, maybe not second, but later down the road, rec- um, exercising our individual freedom. Mm-hmm. And if when we turn that around, if we say, first of all, we're going inv- to we're going to have individual freedom. Second of all, or down the road, we're going to somehow represent Jesus. And that's a uh, that's a real challenge. Now, I do think people should be responsible for their own health. Yes, and I do think that. Individual responsibility is good and better even than um, maybe governmental um, responsibility for my health. That that's just was that the, you can't paint it finely enough with a big brush to make everybody healthy. Mm. But nonetheless, I think that the to say the most important thing is my individual freedom mm. is to say I'm a liberal first and foremost, mm-hmm. and that. I, I, I want to just say that again and again and again right, because I, right. want, I want us to recognize that the challenge for the church, having, having been, you know, really all of us uh, that are at least native-born, uh, native <laughs> uh, we have grown up liberals. Mm. And that has been bred into us as a primary value. And that is... I, that is not a, I don't think, a fundamental first-order biblical value mm. at the same level. Well, no, I'll flip what you said. Um, if you follow Jesus, you may be asked to sacrifice your individual freedom. Um, and that's something we may may give as almost like a, like a sacrifice um, in following Jesus. And I was, I was sitting in a meeting 
uh, this morning, actually. And in, at some point, uh, it was in, in the context of ministry, and we one of our key things is we do th- we do we serve as a team, and so we were coming up with some things together, um, and there were some differences of opinion, just mild. But someone said, "Oh, you you know, Eric, you can do whatever you want," and it just kind of triggered that that team thing, that community thing. Like, no, actually, it's it's actually good to not just do what I want and to submit myself to this thing, this team thing. And that's a really small example. That was just how we're going to put together a program or something. But it just reminded me that part of what it means to be a community is to not be on my own. Mm-hmm. And to, um, if I belong to Jesus, he calls me to do things that are probably against my individual freedom because there are things I want to do that are not aligned at all with with what Jesus wants. And we uh, we belong to something bigger than ourselves. So oftentimes there's, there's plenty of opportunity to say, no, I'm going to give up my individual freedom um, because I belong to this community or because I belong to Jesus or because um, it would be better if I reformed a different direction. And I'm, I'm thinking kind of like life groups and, mm-hmm. and just sitting in, sitting in uh, the larger community um, and get, giving yourself for their sake. And I, th- I think that's, that's what is required of us often. Well, I, was in a, I was in a group uh, recently too where we were asked, okay, what have you learned in the past couple of years? And this, this of course, came up because this was front and center. And Weird. one of the people around the table just said, one of the things I learned was submission. Mm. I had never really thought about submission. And that's kind of what that came down to um, is rather than exercising my freedom, I'm exercising my right not to be free right. for the sake of others or for the sake of the government or for the sake of something. And so there is this uh, submission that needs to be uh, addressed at some level too and we're called to be submissive in, and that um, takes practice that's just kind of interesting mm-hmm. that's not a well especially in our context that's not a, a a muscle we have flexed very well yeah the muscle i mean that that's an interesting thought the the muscle of uh individual freedom is much stronger oh, than we are the muscle ripped of submi- <laughs> 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 you have a, a, a liberal six-pack there <laughs> <laughs> my apologies um <laughs> anyway but yes i th- i think it's very easy to 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 move uh to, to really lean toward the the liberal um, individual freedom and away from submission and uh and that happened here and it happens with speeding and it happens with my chickens and it happens with other things where the government comes in and i have to say am i going to do it my way or am i going to abide by the laws of land and so yeah that's that's a thing and anyway that gets us to i think what i would um say would be the the way i would rationalize uh, the the sixth way and that is that uh, the government doesn't have the authority to tell me to do this the government doesn't you know have the it's government overreach to tell me how many chickens i can have it's a government overreach to say you should wear a mask. It's government overreach. And the, the <clears throat> this is one of the things we've tried to talk about, and we probably could be more clear and do it mm-hmm. again at some point, is, okay, what sphere uh, does the government have uh, authority in, and when is the authority belong to them? When does it, when does it belong to you know, the elders of a church? Or when mm-hmm. does it belong to a father or a family and so there are 
questions about who has authority, and I think that was one of the one of the things that came up quite a bit was right. uh, how does the how does the government actually have authority over my body mm. or my health? Uh, <clears throat> I think related to that is uh, what I would say is, and maybe this might be similar enough, it should be the same, but I wanted to have 10, so broke it out. Perfect. Yeah. Um, it is Basically, I just don't see how a mask mandate represents God's authority. In fact, I'm pretty sure it doesn't. That would be my, mm. my seventh rationalization is, in other words, you do have to work hard to connect the dots back to God. In other words, who... You know, who has jurisdiction here and how is the authority expressed for public health and where did they get their authority and where did that, you know, office get its authority? Right. And ultimately, can you trace it back to um, to Romans 13, where right. it's instituted by God or not? And if you can't, that's one thing. I mean, it, I, I just can't walk up to somebody on the street and say, you need to not have so many chickens. You know, I can't just say that. But I can, but I don't have the authority to say that, right. and they know that. Your words don't matter in that It context, doesn't matter because yeah. I don't have the authority. And really, it wouldn't have mattered had somebody else told me to wear a mask either. Right. I mean, had, um, but the fact that, uh, and, and this, because this was work that I felt I had to do at the very beginning, because I was like, grit my teeth, no way. Right. Are you going to make me do it? You know, I mean, I, that, was my, that was my just knee-jerk reaction. And as soon as we... Um, you know, as soon as, well, you and a couple other people said, okay, now if you think about this, this is the office that has the, the public health jurisdiction. And they got that because of the Consti Oregon Constitution, which says this, which they got the authority because that's what the National Constitution says. And that was instituted by God. Okay, well, there we go. And I was able to trace back. And, and I needed I needed that. And uh, thank you for your help on that, Eric. Mm. But, You're welcome. Uh, that... That is one of the things. If 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 you can't, it's the same with speeding. I mean, is it just the Westland, you know, police are just cranky, and that's why I get a ticket, or is there some other way that they're, that they're enforcing uh, a rule that that goes back to God's authority? I think that that's something that we probably have to get clear on right. and uh, helpful. So uh, another thing. Uh, Rationalization number eight, as I'm kind of thinking about these, is that this rule negatively affects my exercise of religion. Mm. I don't feel free to exercise religion like I want to. Now, there are some places where the freedom of religion did intersect with um, the mandates that came down over this public health issue, and there's probably no question that, that this is more complicated. I'm not taking the complicated things. Right. Let's go with the easy ones. Uh, let's just go with the easy ones. I'm I'm thinking just of the masks and the masks. I didn't like them, and they were inconvenient, and it was hard to sing in them. And everybody else, I, I mean, I said and thought the same things everybody else said and thought, mm -hmm. but we wore them anyway. And uh, what about that then is, you know. Where do you where do you say the negative effect on the exercise of my religion is too much? And um, anyway, that's I just that's one thing we heard. And if you want to talk more about that, you can. But well, I think there's no doubt that there was a negative effect, and I 
Oh yeah, I, it I, was negative. Yes, yeah, yes. And I and I also think it's probably worth noting we're not mask apologists. Like, <laughs> I didn't oh. like masks. I was frustrated. Um, all of that, um, but I think in regards to religion, one of the most impactful things for me in the past two years was a conversation we had. I think you you reached out to uh, one of our missionaries that was a missionary in China, and we were trying to just understand how some of the um, restrictions of religion would be dealt with by Christians in China and how they would respond. What if what if they did this with your service? Or what if they did this? Or what if they only let you do this or X, Y, Z or whatever? And because we were dealing with some restriction, again, we're it's so unbelievably free, we were dealing with some restriction. And the response came back that if, if they got to go to church at all, it'd be a good day. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember just breaking down like that. That's just so off the radar compared to what we're even thinking about and trying to ponder. So is there is there negative effect? For sure. Um, but it doesn't negate the exercise of religion either. Right. And I think that was a... I have preferences that were not the last two years, um, but I think that was one of the things that stuck out to me most was, was my thinking, my uh, frame of reference for what is an impact on religion is far smaller than where brothers and sisters somewhere else are actually being impacted in a way that goes, are we actually even able to exercise? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that distinction was super interesting for me. Well, good. I, th- I think a global frame of reference was really helpful yeah. in this whole thing for me. But I think the other thing was, yes, that the negative uh, effect uh, of <laughs> having to wear masks as we did exercise our religion Right. Was it, the the negative effect in some respect uh, reminded me of what is important and what mm, really is right. what really is the religion that I'm thinking I'm exercising. Right. That's good. You know, if if, if it's uh, I don't know, is it is it determined by volume? Is it determined right. by? Um, is it worth doing in a mask? That's probably another way to ask it. Oh dear. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so so there are. That's a great question. And really, what what was it that I was trying to exercise? And and ultimately, when you when I think of the discomfort and the effect the discomfort had on my own heart, mm. that is a different kind of a um, effect than merely just being frustrated by that, because it it was a shaping and humbling effect, no doubt. Yeah. And so I hope, you know, I hope that ob- well, obedience always is humbling oh yeah if you if you if you didn't have to obey somebody else you wouldn't need to be humble really you could just call your own shots so i think another way to describe this we're just we're just rocking through this thing and just just babbling on about all this it's awesome um (laughs) i'm just looking at the time because we have this new board like wow we we could talk for a long time about anything this is hilarious um another way to describe this negative affect is suffering that that's what's that's a, a broader a bigger word, but that's another one of the ways I thought about that. Um, I I would like to avoid suffering, always, um, but sometimes I don't get to avoid suffering, and that that became the category um, that I used for this. And and some of it maybe you say it was unnecessary suffering, whatever. It's it's still the case. It just is what mm-hmm. it is at the, that point. And I just remember, I don't remember how many people I told it to, but. Um, 
people who are who are frustrated with mass have just said, I'd, I'd rather suffer with you in the pew together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like it. I don't want to suffer. But I'd, again, I'd rather exercise my religion with you and I'd rather suffer with you. Um, and, and suffering does the same thing to our character. It, it matures us and changes mm-hmm. us. And if, if there's anything true about the last two years, I know my character is exceedingly different than it was two years ago. And I think for the better, mm-hmm. um, just because of the, the suffering and the difficulty and, and the way God used that to change. Well, that would be a good outcome. Maybe we should go back to Mass just for the sake of your character. Eric. No, we can, we can do something else. That's fine. Well, see, that, that is one of the things, though, seriously, is, you know, as you are formed as a Christian, you have to come to grips with, am I going to wait around for suffering to happen to me before mm. God forms me? Or are there other things that I can do proactively to be formed by mm. the Lord. And that, that's a whole different podcast. But it's a whole different podcast. Like, but <laughs> but it is. But seriously, I, I guess I think about that all the time. And again, the, the things that have happened in my life that have been very formative have all been suffering. And some of it has um, my own personal discipline. It, are there disciplines that I can do, mm. in, you know, that are, you might even describe as self inflicted suffering mm. so that I don't have to wait around for the suffering or discipline of the Lord. But again, that's a different topic. We'll let that rest right now. How's yeah, that? I, was, I was ready to go. I had. <laughs> well, there is, there's a lot more to say about the yeah. way we're formed spiritually. And, that, and, and I do think so. So the reason that that came up here is I do think that the, the discomfort and the inconvenience and the suffering and the affliction and the submission all you know, work together mm-hmm. to do formative work in people. And I hope that it did in all Christians. But right. I'm, I'm afraid if I just blow off the suffering or blow right. off the affliction or the blow off the submission, it won't have the formative uh, work that right. it otherwise would. And that's, I think, the thing that, part of the reason it bears talking about after the fact now. Yeah. And, and we are a, a comfort-seeking people. So we are postured in a way to avoid suffering at all costs um that's probably part of the other podcast that that is a future episode but uh if if you're always seeking comfort and avoiding all the things that negatively affect whatever Mm -hmm. you're you're setting yourself up to avoid things that um again may not be enjoyable but will form you and change you Mm -hmm. so there's uh there are religious um reasons that um, people struggle with this for sure. Uh, the, the ninth, uh, the next to last uh, rationale, yes, um, was really that the, the change to, to going back to normal, if we can even say that still, uh, did not happen quickly enough. I wanted it to happen sooner. It shouldn't have lingered this long. I'm done. Is that, is that the way that you... See it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it did last too long. But yeah, uh, I, I agree with that sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and ju- just the, the timeline. Because I, I think, m- maybe I'm speaking too broadly, but I think you could probably pick a point in the last two years where most people were going, yeah, that's a pretty good idea um, for masks. Uh, when the unknown, unknowns were higher and... I mean, just remember March and April when you couldn't really get a mask. Like most people are going, no, it's a pretty good idea. I'd probably 
Mm-hmm. I'm sure someone's saying I disagree with you and I, I never thought it was a good idea, but whatever. Um, but once, once people's minds have changed, if you go, Hey, this isn't going to change quickly enough. I, I'm going to be done now. And that's my, that's my dis- uh, reason for not listening, not obeying, not submitting. Um, one of the things I've had to think about quite a bit in the last two years is realizing what the proper timeline is for things. Um, we live in a, we've talked about this before, a democratic Republic. We have, um, authority is elected authority and those those changes don't happen every two months they happen every two years or every four years or um, i think the minimum is probably two years so you can uh i i think when i heard people make this reason it was usually coupled with a, this is never going to change so we better just stop there's a hopelessness it's about a hopelessness it. about it and if my t- if my timeline is uh, the next six months, yeah, it might not change because the, the authority hasn't changed. But even just the the general timeline of how things work in America and Oregon, um, if people are really frustrated with the authority, they're eventually going to switch that thing out. But it's going to be it's going to be two years at least. It could be four years, um, which in the grand scheme of things isn't really that long. But if I'm only thinking this should change in two months, oh, it's it's never going to change. It's or it's two or four years or whatever. Um, it's illegitimate. Now, I, now I'm done, and I just putting the proper time horizon on things, not, no proper time perspective on things. I think is helpful because it it sets sets your expectations about what is actually reasonable. Because there may be someone that is fearful in their decision making or um, uncertain in their decision making, and it, it wouldn't be reasonable to expect them to change in three months if they're going to be sitting in that position for three years. So, well, I think there's that. And then uh, you're going to bring the practical, uh, governmental, democratic republic side of things. I just want to bring the Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 side of things. Set your minds on things above, not on uh, earthly mm. things. Bible, well done. Uh, you know, because a, a, a long time horizon is really what we have. Right. We're the only people in the world that have the luxury of a right. long time horizon. And so, uh, yeah, the uh, and within that long time horizon is set our hope. Mm-hmm. That that's yeah. It's not just we have long perspective. It's we have hope connected somewhere, right. and it's not in the the short term. Not in the here and now, exactly yep. right. So, um, yeah. So that's another rationale. I think the the last one. I don't think the last one is really probably fair or articulated by anybody. But it simply is. I'm above it. <laughs> I don't need to do this. Uh, for some reason, this just doesn't apply to me. And I, I, I throw that in there at the end because whatever of these other maybe nine rationales were used, sometimes, at least sometimes, the effect was I'm above it. Mm. And what was communicated was it does not apply to me and I'm uh, somehow uh, exempt. And it just... That was uh, that was a challenge. So hmm. uh, I'm glad to be done with that challenge. I'm glad to not have to read the room like that again, right. and hopefully I won't have to. And um, anyway, that was uh, those are some of the reasons that we heard, and some that we just imposed probably. Um, but that th- those are some of the things that that came up. I thought it would be worth <clears throat> since it, this just this happened not long ago 
for me just to say why I went ahead and wore mine. Yeah, why do you do that, Scott? I mean, seriously, we were we were within days of this being done. And the first reason... If it's good on Friday, why isn't it good on Tuesday? Well, just get, keep backing <laughs> out, backing out, backing out, right? Yep. Um, it was... The first reason is it was still required. Mm. And so I did it because it's still required. It's stated in the official program. It's stated at the door of the event. And because I was asked, I did. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was that. And we kind of talked about some of those reasons already. Um, the, the, the other thing that this is the thing that made it really, of all of the things that were emotional for me about that experience, Mm. this is the one I couldn't help but think of the employees of the event venue and of Mm. the hotel that still had to wear their masks. Mm. And then they have a bunch of, uh, because they were compelled to, and then they have a bunch of Christians milling about them, uh, you know, who, uh, appeared to be exempt or. Uh, some otherwise above it. And I thought, how does this communicate um, Jesus to them? Mm-hmm. How does this communicate? Uh, and I, that really, that, that one I think was probably the most emotional reason for me. And because love your neighbor as yourself, uh, right. consider others more important than yourself. I mean, all of these b- biblical things were just playing over and over. And so for, for me, I, I wanted to wear it um, when, especially when I would be seen by outsiders mm. because they had to wear them. And that was, uh, I can't imagine it was any more fun for them than for me. Right. So there you go. Yeah. Um, I will say that we, <laughs> we were near the end. And by then my conscience was sensitized to the, um, the regulations and, mm. and the rules. And so, I, it would have bothered my conscience mm-hmm. to have said, hey, I'm only a few days away from the end. I'm just going to ditch it. Right. That would have, uh, and, and that's, that's what we're supposed to do with our consciences. I mean, my conscience is not so good in other areas of my life. So I'm just going to say, mm. uh, I have to admit that. But there is, you know, there is this even scriptural from Hebrews 5.14 just talks about those who have the power of the discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil, there is a constant practice about these things that trains your conscience so that you're sensitive to things of right and wrong that you ought to pay attention to. So that was another thing. I just, it, it would have bothered my conscience not mm. to at that point. So I didn't. And can I just point out there's, there's nothing, not, not just nothing wrong with the sensitive conscience that that's probably something desirable. The, the world is so, so broken and we're so comfortable living in a broken world as your character is formed to more reflect christ your conscience will probably be more finely tuned to what is good and beautiful and true and more sensitive to oh actually if i step over there that is probably out of line and if i step over here this is probably the right way right way to do things and if uh, one shouldn't desire a seared conscience where you just walk in and oh, nothing matters. Um, that's I'm talking about that more generally, but just you, your conscience should be pinged um, in a more precise way as you become more mature. I would think. Well, so, yes, and I think some of this is the cultivation of it. I think one right. of the things that the parents need to do for children is is mm. help them cultivate their conscience, right? 
And so we, and cultivate it, you know, so that not so it's overly active, but, right. and that's, I think you can be overly active, but you can also be underly active. Right. And you want to, you want it to be in tune with the scripture really is what you're trying to do. So right. anyway, that's a nif- different podcast. Also, we're just rolling with them. It's we've got, be- we've, uh, yeah, there, anyway, I'm gonna let it go. But it is, um, it is important, I think, to think in terms of spiritual formation as some of spiritual formation is the formation of, a, of our conscience. Mm. So anyway, that's, um, that's one of the reasons that I went ahead and wore mine. The other, and this is more long-term, is that the submission, the patience, the, uh, the suffering, the inconvenience, and all of those kinds of feelings and experiences and emotions um, I think were good for my character and made me long for um, the consummation mm. more than uh, I did before. And that was just a very much a Romans 8 thing where um, I don't consider that, that you know, and you guys might say there's no suffering at all, right? But I consider the sufferings of the present time not worthy, worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Uh, and for creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God, for creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage of corruption and obtain mm. the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first few of the spirits grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for their, our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. And I will say that the misery, mm. I'm even going to say it that way, that the misery was good for me mm. and the misery had that effect. And I, and I want that, mis- I want every misery to mm. have that effect on God's people rather than avoid the misery. I want it to have that effect. That's a gift. It's weird to say it that way, but. If it does that for us, yeah. it's a gift. Yeah. If if we somehow resist it, it's not so much a gift. <laughs> right. um, so anyway, I mean, an, another, and I, I this was basically the same as the first one in that it, uh, uh, when I said it was still required, is just that God in his word tells us to submit to authority. So I still was, mm-hmm. was working all of those things we kind of already talked about mm-hmm. in my brain saying, okay, my... My conscience obliges me to follow the scripture, and I believe that the authority comes from God, Romans mm-hmm. 13. And then um, I, I think the other was just simply, I'm going to choose to be humble, and I'm going to mm-hmm. choose to live at peace with everyone, with the people at the venue and the people around me. And um, if I look like I'm weak or fearful, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll live with that, but... Anyway, that was that was some of why I made the choice, even when it was uh, not, you know, there wasn't a lot of other people make the same choice. That's why I made the one I did. Mm. So, anyway, that's um, that's just sort of my riff at, in retrospective, my retrospective riff on um, what the masks I think have meant to me, and as I'm processing this, sort of in a principal way, like how will I when the next pandemic happens mm. which i hope it doesn't or when the next thing comes down that i don't like or right. the next tax i mean taxes taxes are coming up right and and that's one of the places where i've heard people say i i, I can't I, I shouldn't pay that tax 
okay, well, you've got other issues there. And um, anyway, that's, um, that's kind of the way that I process this whole thing. And I'm really, really glad it's over. Mm. So there you go. Well, thanks for walking through that with us. I think that is helpful. And um, if there are questions, listeners, you can send emails as well. Oh, more more than that. Ooh. More than that. If you've got a question, this is new. This is new. I'm not even sure that Eric knows it. Uh, If you want to go to speakpipe.com slash city on the hill podcast, you can leave an audio message for us or ask an audio question. And I'm pretty sure unless it's a, Unless it's a crazy thing that we can't answer or can't understand or uh, something, we would love to try and do some kind of audio question on here. <laughs> he says to the guy who does the editing. <laughs> that's, I don't really know what that's involved, how that's involved, but we would love to try that anyway. So speakpipe.com, city on the hill, or slash city on hill podcast, and uh, leave us an audio message. Ask an audio question. That would be super fun. Awesome. And if, if you don't want it on the podcast, then don't record it. But that's that's what's going to go on. Um, well, great. That's a new way to get questions. Send them our way. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us. If you find what we're doing helpful, a review obviously goes a long way. I, I am encouraged reading the reviews that we get. Uh, it's really great to read those. Share it with a friend. If you have questions, obviously you can record them at speakpipe.com slash City on a Hill podcast. That's new. I think I said that right. And if uh, you just want to go the old-fashioned way and type it out with your fingers, comment at cityonahillpodcast.com. And oh, uh, one another, other thing. Another there, there's thing. still another way. But wait, there's more. <laughs> exactly. We actually had somebody leave uh, a comment on uh, the website for the first time the other day. Huh? And that's an option, too. So that's, that's kind of a new option, even. But not as new as SpeakPipe, but... Right. Anyway, we've got lots of new stuff. There are so many ways to get in contact with us. And we do want to have a conversation about it. We do yeah. want this to be a conversation. And I know that I had the mic and I went off about mass today. And if somebody wants to talk back, that's that's what these are for. These are all your talk back channels. Yep. All right. We look forward to the next conversation. <laughs>